This is Rowena from Pretty Creative, and my drink of choice is an ice-cold white wine. I'm Gemma from Contently Driven, and my drink of choice is red wine. And I'm Michaela from Inspired Office, and my drink of choice is a sparkling white wine. Work-life wine time supports the responsible consumption of alcohol. (laughs) Awesome. So it's Gemma here with you today, and I'm ever so excited to connect you with our guest speaker, Kate Merriweather from .com Words, who, let me tell you, is one hell of a blog writer. And hello, Kate. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Oh, you're so welcome. I'm super excited to have you here. Yes. I do like talking about blogging, so just shut me up if I talk too much. No, no, go for your life. That's why we're here, right? (laughs) (laughs) First of all, then, I guess tell tell us what it is you do. Well, as you said, I'm a blog writer. I write blogs for small businesses. Um, My background is public relations. I did that for 15 years or so. Bit of a spin doctor for brands like Emirates and Bunnings and City of Melbourne and all things like that. And then after I had kids, I just started freelance writing and got into writing blogs um, for clients. And now what I do is I write blogs that rank well on Google. That's, that's my specialty. I do write websites and other bits and pieces as well, but blogs is my favourite. That's my, my niche. Awesome. It's your total niche and your jam. I love it. Uh, well I guess tell us a bit more about um, who you work with so I mostly work with small business owners Um, I like to work with the decision maker you know I've had clients you know like bigger brands where you've got like four different people have to read the blog and then it has to go to legal and legal takes out all the interesting things and then you're left with a bit of a shell of an article that's totally fails in any objective of like enjoying reading and Mm. captivating all those things so I do prefer to work with small business owners who have the power to just have more of a stronger brand than like a big corporate that can be a bit faceless Mm. Um, so I work with lots of coaches Um, I work with a dietitian Um, I work with some recruiters Um, I'm working with a money coach at the moment which is great because I'm learning about all the bad beliefs I have about money in the blog articles that I'm writing, I'm interviewing her and I'm learning about my relationship with money. So I get to pick up all these other skills. Isn't that interesting? Hang on, this this podcast could go a whole other direction at this point. (laughs) Maybe you should get get her on to talk about money mindset. She's awesome. Totally. I'm I'm on it. Let's do it. (laughs) Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll get you in touch with her. But that's what I like. I like the variety um, and blogging can work for any business, I think. So, um, but when it doesn't work, it's just kind of boring and dull and generic. That's where a lot of companies go wrong. And that's what I like. To, I like to bring personality. I like to, you know, make it actual readable, not just a sales. Like a lot of blogs are like, hey, we're so great. And this whole article about how great they are. That's not, that's a sales page. That's not a blog. A blog should be like a useful piece of content that someone can take and read and enjoy. Mm. you know it should be entertaining it should be educating and it should be informing or inspiring you know just a great story about someone's done something amazing like even a case study or things like that so there's a lot of um different types of blogs that you can write and 
I really enjoy that variety. That's fantastic. I lo- absolutely love it. Um, I guess then what what brought you to work for yourself then from your, you know, past PR background there? I think it was actually just having children because I just wanted to be able to hang out with my kids whenever I wanted. Um, and so I have that flexibility now of, um, but also before I say that, I was going to say, but it's also mind-lumbingly dull as well. Like just, especially when you have a baby, like you're just doing washing all the time and you just, so I just wanted to keep my brain going, you know, I mean, I, I don't want yeah, I respect anyone who just is, is a parent as, you know, a full-time parent. I really value that, but just for me, it just wasn't for me. I just was a bit bored. Uh, so I didn't want to be bored, um, but I wanted something flexible and, I thought about going back to my PR career, but it's just not an industry that you can work part-time because it's all about responding to media opportunities. And if the media opportunity comes in on Friday at 5 PM, then mm. you've got to be there. Like it's all about being quick and responsive. So I just didn't feel that fit with my lifestyle with a mum of three. Um, but yeah, sure. freelance writing just is perfect. So I think that's what really kicked me into working for myself. And now I really can't see myself going back and being an employee um, I just love that freedom of, you know, I can skip off today. Yesterday I got a gift sent to my virtual address. So I just thought I'm going to go and pick it up because I want to know what it is. So I just dropped everything and drove into the city to my virtual address to get it. <laughs> oh, what was it? It was a plant. It was this beautiful plant that a client sent me. And the guy rang and he's like, oh, I think it's like edible. So I was like, oh, I'm going to get chocolate. Um, so I've, I was like, I'm getting in there right away. But I didn't have to ask, oh, can I go and do this errand? You know, I just decided I can juggle my day. And that's a beautiful freedom. Oh, that's wonderful. I lo- love it. It's fantastic. Um, yeah, I totally relate. I love that. So I guess in our last little intro of you, can you tell us a bit about, about you and interests outside of oh. your love writing well you know what I've just gotten into I've just decided like I I wrote like news resolutions so like 15 I've done nothing of them (laughs) I want to get really good at gift wrapping presents so that's like my current obsession I'm like buying all this fancy wrapping and like ribbons and watching like YouTube videos on fancy ways to wrap presents and that is my hobby my new hobby and now I'm just waiting to get invited to a party. <laughs> I was going to say, well, yeah, I, first of all, I absolutely love that. That is the best. Like, what a fantastic yeah. And second, have you, have you utilised it yet? No, but my daughters, <laughs> I've, got, I've got three daughters. So they're, like, there's lots of opportunities for, like, girly parties and stuff. So my daughter's going to a, a sixth birthday party. And I'm like, right, that kid's, that present is going to be a work of art. <laughs> so I've planned to go shopping for more wrapping paper on Friday night. So <laughs> I'm just going to go nuts with the wrapping paper. So that's that's my new hobby. Awesome. And that. there's a whole world of, like, wrapping techniques. and Is it really? Yeah, like you can do all these, like, almost like origami, like you do all these folds. And um, there's all sorts of stuff you can do with ribbons and I'm, I'm well into it. Oh, good on you. Love that. Why not? <laughs> That's Ooh. my hobby. What a loser. <laughs> <laughs> I 
awesome. You'll have to um, send me some photos of your wonderful. Yeah, photos. yeah. So I don't really, I'm on Instagram, but I don't really do much. I'm not a huge fan of Instagram. I thought, oh, Matt, I'm going to get on Instagram and have like a, become like a gift wrapping queen. Forget copywriting. It's a whole new, I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. Do I say do it. Um, so <laughs> now we, we are here today to discuss blogging and not uh, gift wrapping as, as interested as I am in this. <laughs> But we're talking about blogging for your business and and yes. So first things first, I guess, Kate, to blog or not to blog? Oh, definitely blog. I know everyone's excited about Clubhouse and all these other exciting new things and they're all great and I'm not saying don't do any of those because I'm all into those too. But I think good old blogging, it's it's a bit 2012, isn't it? Like it's not the hot new thing that everyone gets excited about. But, geez, it can work. Like if someone is typing in... Um, into Google, which we all go to, you know, with just a, how do I do this? And they want to watch a video or they want to read an article. You're capturing them at the very moment they've decided they need you. And that is so powerful because a lot of the time you're marketing to someone who doesn't need you. Like I got a DM from someone on LinkedIn. She's like, you haven't replied to me. I'm trying to set up a chat with you about getting a nanny. And I was like, I don't want a nanny. I don't need a nanny. So she's, so she's putting all this content to me, but I'm not interested. So, and the blogging is the exact opposite of that because they're typing in. So instead, if she had a blog all about finding a nanny and I'd written, I need a nanny in Melbourne, then a blog would be perfect Mm. to answer all those questions, how to hire a nanny, how to choose someone, how to interview, what questions to ask. Like there's so much advice that she could have given and so it's really capturing people at the time they've already decided they need you and that is half the battle in marketing any business is convincing someone that they need your services but if they've already decided themselves that's perfect and google google loves um blogs it rewards blogs it rewards websites with blogs it doesn't want a website that you just chuck a few services on and then don't touch for three years it wants a website that has a library of content and a blog can do that the other thing with blogs is you can outsource it really easily. If you're a small business owner, if you're getting a copywriter in to write it, you don't need to do much work to get the benefit of the blog if you can afford it. Or the, And if you can't afford a copywriter to write, you can also get like even just a proofreader to just proof it or you could get someone to just, um, you know, think of some articles and help you decide what articles. So there's other ways that you can outsource that are more budget friendly. And if, and blogs are conversational too, so they're easy to write. Like you just write what you just write naturally. You don't have to write formally. On people say, oh, "I can't write, so I can't write a blog." But you can just bash out something really friendly, casual, and helpful, and then just get a proofreader to check of the typos and grammar. And it's so easy. I don't know why companies don't do it. And it's just time. I think it's just time. They've just, especially small business owners that I work with, they just don't have. You know, they're busy running a business and they put their own clients first. And I'm guilty of this too. You know, I'm going to do my client work today before I write my own blog because my client pays me money and my blog doesn't. But um, that's what every small business owner does. They, they focus on their clients and they don't work on their business enough. And the ones that I work with, they're all just them. They're usually one person, maybe a small team. They don't have a lot of you know, time resources. So they have to be really careful with their time. And that's blogging just tends to fall off. But there's so many benefits. I think it's really worthwhile. I'm working with a recruiter. I've been blogging twice a month for her. And she is ranking so well. Like at least your whole website 
Um, she recruits executive assistants um, and she's getting a lot of website traffic for people searching about hiring an EA. What, what interview questions should I ask an EA? Like all sorts of things about hiring executive assistants and personal assistants. And it's made a huge difference to her bottom line. Like she's directly won jobs for people saying, I read your articles and I, I know, know, like, and trust you. And I think you'd be good to find me an executive assistant. So that was a very long spiel. <laughs> that's super powerful, though. Isn't, isn't that fantastic? And I guess yeah. uh, that's really what blogs do for your business, right? People yeah. Yeah. Your website in that way. Absolutely. Yeah. And just think about how often you yourself go onto Google and type. Um, and you're not always looking for a blog. You might be looking for a video like... Um, like I was just doing my daughter's hair and she wanted some braid I hadn't heard of. And I just Googled, how do I do this? And I know, and I trust that I'm going to get the answer that I want. And that's why that algorithm is so powerful. It's going to give me the YouTube video that I want to do this braid that I didn't know. But, oh yeah. Okay. Follow the steps. Start. Like that's, that's part of our lifestyle. Mm. Um, so if you can, if you can use that and write the content so that Google ranks you, then you can get, um, some really powerful traffic. I wrote a blog in 2012, I think, or 2014, a long time, 2014, seven years ago, about being on the TV show, Have You Been Paying Attention? It being in the audience, sorry, not on the show, oh. being in the audience, right? And so people Google, they want, to, they want to be in the audience and they Google. And my blog article seven years ago still ranks like fifth like obviously the show comes first and then channel 10 or whatever and then my blog and I get so much website traffic from this blog so just imagine something you write something you write today giving you traffic in seven years time like that I've done nothing since I just bashed out this funny article about being an what what it's like to be in an audience you know they give they put you in this room they give you some drinks they rev you up blah blah like a whole story on what it's like and anyone going on the audience or wanting to be in the audience will Google that. And I we'll always have a laugh. Like when the show comes back on, my website traffic goes up because it's not on at the moment. But when it starts up again, my website traffic will go up because I'll be getting all that traffic from that one blog from seven years ago. Wow. That, that's, that is super interesting then. Um, yeah. <laughs> I love that. Uh, we'll have to, uh, I think we need another uh, podcast episode to talk about your experience in that audience. Does that actually sound? Oh, well, you can just read the blog. Just read yeah. the blog. <laughs> so I guess um, it actually leads me really, really well into my next question. Um, I want you to, uh, can you talk a little bit about turning your fans into customers, fans of your blog? Yes. So that's where it's tricky because um, a lot of people are wary because they don't want to give away all their knowledge and IP in a blog. And they think, why would they pay me? I'm giving it all away for free. But the, I find the exact opposite is true. The more you give away, the more advice you give, the more they trust you and believe that you know what you're doing. And they're actually more likely to use you, but also maybe Maybe it's not for them. So maybe you're a, say you're a coach and you have like a $5,000 coaching package and that's not in everyone's budget. But you might have someone who follows you who aspires to 
work with you eventually. Mm. But what they might do, they might recommend you. So they actually, all those people that follow you and take your free advice, they actually become amplifiers and they recommend you. So they actually are an important part of your funnel because they they tell their friends, they follow you and then who knows, maybe their business will grow and then eventually they'll be ready to spend that $5,000 with you. So it might take, you know, two years or who knows. But um, I think that's, I think just being generous with the content and not being too salesy, like, and being okay with them just taking the knowledge and going um, and understanding that, you know, there's a percentage of readers who just want, you know, they want to take the content and go. And that's fine. Like, but what they do, they give you web traffic. Google looks at your, so they, they do give you things that are valuable to you, but it's not monetary. So they spend time on your website. They, you know, Google thinks this is a site that gets a lot of traffic. So I'm going to re- lift the entire site on all the, all the keywords that you're targeting. Um, so even though they may not spend money with you, they're building your website traffic. They're potentially recommending you. They're sharing, sharing your content, all those sorts of things. So, I mean, I don't have a magic formula for turning fans into customers because if I did, I'd be, I'd be a bazillionaire, right? But totally. Um, all you can do is just practice. And, and what I find with clients and, and they ask the same thing, I say, we just have to test and it's, it's not sexy and exciting, but you have to publish something, look at the numbers, look at the reaction and say, you know, did that land or did that not land and give the people more of what they want and what works for one client may not work for another because everyone has different audiences and even that audience is different from different times. So for sure. the best thing to do is just look at your analytics and see, um, see what's working for you. And then even if, even and, and I was going to say do more of the same, but even there's always like a point of expiration date on any of that. So you end up doing more of the same and then it becomes dull, you know, so you've got to start doing something different anyway. So I think as long as you focus on help being helpful and not being too salesy, blogs shouldn't be too salesy, but what, there are some things you can do to just keep people hanging around. So what I do at the end of a blog is I'll direct them to other more interesting blogs just to in, maybe if they've read that article and they get to the bottom, um, link them to something else. Don't just send them on their way. Um, link them to your service page where, where you can sell to them or link them to another blog. And then you're increasing, you know, instead of spending one minute on your site, they might be spending three minutes, which is good for your website dwell time, which is just how long people spend on your site. Google looks at that. And then um, you can also just link within, like not many people get to the bottom of a blog. They tend to just jump to the bit they need. So if you've got links within, and you'll see that on news sites, like, you know, news articles will then have, like you'll be reading, you know, I was reading some article about some mum this morning with eight kids and just have, you know, related something else right in the middle. It stops the flow of the read, but they know that they can't put it at the bottom because the traffic isn't at the bottom. So just stick some, you know, check out my services in a little within reason, but, um, you know, just using those internal links within blogs to get them to where you really want them, the sales page. Yeah, for sure. That That's, yeah, super helpful. Thanks for that. Uh, and well, it's just really flowing in this conversation with the questions I had in my head, so it's just wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like Rain Man, just blogs, I just blah, 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 blah. <laughs> no, it's, it's just perfectly flowing because I'd love to talk about frequency 
you know, we're ah, yes. blogging regularly. How often yeah. is there yeah. a magic number? <laughs> um, everyone will be like, no, there's no magic number, but I reckon there is, and that's twice a month, right? Okay. Um, you know, asterisks, you know, mostly. Um, just knowing what what businesses are, you know, capable of and have the resources, I think that's a good number. Once a month is probably a little bit too infrequent for my liking but if that's all you can do then that is better than nothing um you know you go on a website you check out the blog and the last article was six months ago like it's I think that's just a bit not a good look or like two years ago I have a client I wrote blogs for in 2016 and then they're, they're the last blogs on his website he stopped using me and he's never done anything since you know it's nearly five five years ago yeah now um so, yes, twice a month is good or whatever you can commit to. If you can only do once a month or once every two months, then that's okay too. Like I know small business owners don't have loads of time resources. If they can just do something, you think even if you just did four a year, that would be four good articles that are just helpful sitting there on your website. It's not going to hurt. Yeah, Absolutely. And how do they sort of go about, uh, you know, if you've got them there, even if it's once a month, but you do have something, you know, that looks uh, up to date. Yeah. Yeah. You know, totally get that. It's like four years ago, it's your last blog. You think, oh, is this business sort of active? Yeah. I don't know. When you're looking for articles, you don't necessarily want to read something from 2016 because Mm -hmm. it doesn't, it's not current. It's not up to date. So if you do have old blogs um, that are still working for you, like my TV show one, you can update them. So you might have some statistics. So you might be referencing, you know, Dr. Patrick Reed from Offspring, who since died and the show's not finished years ago. You know, like just take out some of those older references, update any statistics, and then republish it, you know, with the 20, I was going to say 2020, 2021 details um so that can be a useful way because some of that old content is still really relevant and useful it just needs a fresh published date and a you know no references to the 2012 london olympics or you know whatever or um you know there's been a whole pandemic that's happened so you might just rewrite it with that in mind or things like that yeah that can be super helpful so it's just working harder for you like you've you've put the energy into writing something and it can it can live a long life Unlike, say, Clubhouse, which is been gone. Like, it's, I'm into Clubhouse, but it's, it's, it's temporary. It's just you can't resave it or listen to it later or anything like that, whereas a blog can work for you for years. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I really love that tip in there about, you know, updating the things you already have, you know, and if, if we're thinking people are, you know, if you're busy and you don't have time, perhaps you know, people can sort of look back on their older blogs yeah. Yeah. and repost them. And like so your, your, your analytics will tell you which are your best performing blogs. So you can go back and just look at them and tidy them up Make sure and make sure that best performing blog ha- has some links to your key mm. services. Like um, get, get them working hard for you. And the other thing you can do with blogging is like um, even just like a, some good old questions or um like I was working with a local dentist and they said people ring up and they just want to know about teeth whitening or whatever. And I said, just write a whole lot of like write a blog about teeth. And every, every time someone calls your reception, just get the receptionist to email them the link. And then 
the receptionist isn't stuck on the phone for 20 minutes answering the questions over and over and it's actually like saving your business resources and time and they can just go yeah we've got a whole article on our website let me email you and then the phone call becomes two minutes not 20 that can be a super helpful thing to do if there's question like that's an obvious that may not work for some businesses but if you're getting asked the same questions over and over put that uh, put that information on the website instead of just answering them over and over yeah, for sure. That's that's fantastic. There, I love that. And um, I guess then that really leads into how blogs can build up that trust of your business. Absolutely. Um, once you keep showing up and you keep sharing your content, like I had someone the other day, um, she's, she was wanting to know about repurposing old blogs. And she just thought, I reckon Kate Merriweather would have written a blog about this. And she went looking for it and then she found it and then bless her, she shared it and tagged me and said, I knew she'd have something and she does. So I've built a reputation as to writing about blogging for small business. So she thought of me. Um, She's not a client of mine or whatever, but she's an advocate. She's sharing my stuff and that's super useful. So once you consistently show up in your area of expertise, people start to think of you and trust that you'll have some helpful advice there for them. Mm. And that's brilliant. That's nice. That gives you the good feel goods. Yeah, sure. I love that. And I would, I'd love to really dive in to the importance of, I guess, SEO, Google and and blogging and how they all sort of marry up together. Yes. Okay, I'll just breathe because I've got lots to say on this. Um, so there's a lot of great blogs, but if they're not written for SEO, I just think it's a wasted opportunity. Um, and I like to write them with all the keywords woven in, but in a delicate way so that the reader doesn't feel like, oh, God, there's, you know, I was on this, I was looking for a bike for my daughter and I was on the local bike shop website and um I was reading their blog and it was like, do you want bikes in Ashburton? Ashburton bikes, la, la, la. And it was just so stuffed with keywords. It was unreadable. And that is just, I was just cringing. And I was like, should I just offer them? No, I didn't. I didn't pitch to them. Um, So that's where it can go wrong. Um, But you want to have your keywords in there in a subtle way. And there's places to put them. So you put them in your title. You put them in... um, your first hundred words, you can put them even in the images and you just weave it in naturally. Um, And there's, you don't need to go overboard with them. Um, Even like the URL, you can put them in the URL. It's another tip that I learned from Kate Toon, who's the SEO queen, I did her course. Um, Once you do all those things, it can be much easier, but I'm getting ahead of myself. It's about (laughs) finding the keyword first. You've got to choose the keyword. Um, and I've got pay tools that I use, mm. but if you didn't have access to those, um, you can just do, do a Google search on your key subject and see what comes up. Uh, Google has a great um, feature, which is sometimes appears, which is the people also ask. And that's basically giving you these are popular questions. Mm. So you could look at what's uh, already ranking and also just you have to be a bit strategic to go. Someone is really killing it with that. Your chances of ranking are slim. Um, 
So you're kind of looking for that magic one where you feel like there's a shot to rank, um, but it's also got good volume. Like it's not a, you, everyone can rank for just a random phrase, but no one's searching it. So you want something that's got search volume and also good intent. Like you want it to be re relevant to the product or service you're offering. Um, so I would just start playing around with Google. Um, there's another tool called Answer the Public. So you can just write in answer. The yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. Um, you can just type in your area and it'll spit out a whole load of popular questions based on all sorts of algorithms. So that can be useful just to get you thinking about what to write about. But most businesses... You, cannot, you can never go wrong with just starting with what are the questions that, what are the issues people struggle with? What are the questions you get asked? I've got loads of blogs on, on all of these subjects so people can go and read those and see, you know, how to, how to use, the, use the Google to use the Google. Google. <laughs> I love the Google. <laughs> how to use the Google algorithm to find keywords is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Because you want to pick something, you need to pick a good keyword. That's the start. Once you've got the keyword, then you weave it in the right places and then you push it out to your audience. You've got to promote it as well. So share it in groups, share it, share it in your newsletter. Even like Pinterest is a good place to share it if that's your, um, I'm on Pinterest now with my gift wrapping stuff, but um, Pinterest is actually like a search engine really. There's a lot of um, good traffic coming from pinterest for some industry you know not all industries but some industries um because you once you've written it you want it to work hard for you um yeah. if you just leave it i mean like i've written something i just sit there and google has ranked it and it's going well um but you want to get some good eyeballs on it to start with so if you've got a bit of an audience that helps too and if you do have an audience you want to be giving good stuff to them and that's what a blog can do you're not just you know i'm um, if you're just sitting there thinking, oh, I've got to post something on my socials today. What am I going to put? Like, this is something that you can, you mm. can pull out quotes from it. You can, um, if you've got top tens, you can literally take 10 posts. This is tip nine. This is tip 10, etc. You can really make a lot of social content around your blogs to keep them working for you. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, the beauty of them, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'd love to touch a, a, a bit more on some uh, magic numbers. <laughs> yes. What, what about word length? Is there another magic yeah. number? Yeah. Um, I used to get away with writing like 300 to 500 word blogs, but those days are gone. Mm. So you're looking more like around your 1,000, 1,200 word mark now. But I would say you want to focus on quality. So don't just pat it out to get to a magical word length i would say 800 is the lowest 1200 um there's a lot of studies you know there's lots of nerds looking at studies on i shouldn't say nerds smart people um looking at you know which pages rank best and and so it is proven that longer posts tend to do better because they've just got more depth and more value um if you're wanting to rank outrank someone with your content, then you might do what we call the skyscraper technique, which is you look at who's ranking and you you deliver more. So if theirs is a thousand words, you make yours fifteen hundred words, or if theirs is only eight hundred, then you make yours a thousand. Or and you might add more, add more resources, add a video, add an infographic, or um, however you can top them. Mm. 
Um, but yeah, generally about 1,200 words, I would say, is a good benchmark. Yeah, that's that's super interesting, actually. Uh, and I, I guess my next question would be that all small business owners should have a blogging strategy. Yes, I think so. But it doesn't have to be like a 20-page document that you <laughs> never refer to. Um, I would just say just just. <laughs> I'm not a huge strategist, just blog, um, <laughs> just blog, make it easy, pick a subject and blog about it. That's, that could be a strategy, but you do want to be, so you don't want to, um, I'm working with a PR agency and I'm just helping them nut, nut down there. And they are like, they're experts in all sorts of things. So I'm like, we need to, you know, they, they work in health, they work in tech, they do crisis, they do all sorts of stuff. So I'm really trying to just nail down well, what would, you know, there's so much they could blog about. Um, it's really best to kind of stick to one or two, or th- depending on the business, like just kind of core um, categories and not stray too far. Um, and that can that can be difficult when, in this case of this PR agency, they've got so many areas of expertise. Uh, so the, what you can do with that is you can have authors. So you might have like the director of health should be the one writing that blog and have their face and picture at the start. This is from our director of health. This is our crisis person. This is And just put authors to your blogs to have those different areas of expertise is um, useful for some of those bigger organisations. But for the small business owner, and that's where I work with, um, they usually generally have a fairly natural area of expertise that they can, they don't have to worry too much about categories and things. So yeah, don't worry about strategy. Just, just blog, just write blogs and look at your analytics, see what's ranking and keep going. Yeah. I I think that's super important. Actually. Uh, I think many people could sort of do a, you know, set and forget type situation, you know, and they post the blog. It's like, okay, good. Posted it. It's there, you know, and then not, I, I guess look checking the analytics and seeing how it yeah and promote it like I think, yeah. One tip I picked up, you know, I feel like this is my advice, but I realize someone did tell me this, and I've just used it so much I've forgotten who told me. But um, the the amount of time you spend writing it, you should spend the same amount of time promoting it. So if you spend you know a couple of hours writing it, then spend a couple of hours putting it out, like stick it on on forums and send it to your. Um, you can actually get PR out of it, uh, so you can make um you can obviously offer it if it's really gold material and you can actually offer it as a guest blog to another site and get a backlink to your site um your own website might not be the best place for it you might want to you know oh there's this other site you know like an industry publication that you know publishes opinion pieces that has way more readers than me send it to them give give them first dibs that can be another way to just draw you know, raise your profile and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. It's fantastic. Uh, and I guess finally, if, can you give us any tips about what's what's a good blog post? <laughs> oh, geez, that's tough. But I think <laughs> I can say what a, I'll say I'll say what a bad one is. It's just a bad blog post is a blog post that you could put your competitor's name and logo at the bottom and the top and it wouldn't make a difference. Mm. So it needs to, it needs to reflect your brand and your, like, and it needs to be written. It's not written by a company. It's written by a person. So that's why I like to have 
authors to my blogs. And then when you do that, you can bring in that person. Like there's this one coach I follow and she loves Nutella. Bizarrely, I think it's foul, but she loves Nutella and she craps on about Nutella and she just weaves in a message about Nutella in her article and you know it's her and that you can't put someone else's logo on that because she's kind of got this Nutella thing. It's personal brand sort of stuff is what I'm saying. So I think that's where, um, and that's where the corporate clients tend to fall down because they just publish like, it's all helpful advice, like how to find the right health insurance or something. And it goes through all the things, but there's no personality. And people like stories. Like um, you remember, like I was listening to a podcast and I can't even remember the podcast or the guest, but I remember he told this story about how he started a business um, when he was a child he was down on the sydney harbour bridge fishing and he would sell photos to japanese tourists for a dollar they could get a photo of themselves fishing and it was all illegal and the cops used to come and get rid of him and him and his mate was making money selling a dollar each photos of sydney harbour fishing i don't know who he was i don't know the I can't remember the pop, but i remember the story that, so that's so bringing storytelling in mm. bringing people bringing people in so if you're talking about say you're you know an endometriosis expert and you help people then talk about you know susan had andrew and this is what she did and just just bring in the stories and the real people that's where a blog can come to life because that's what's memorable like people love stories and storytelling and blogs are wonderful for that yeah for sure absolutely i, I love that and i i for me personally i love the you know weaving in a little bit of your personality right like that mm. Coach, she said the weaves in bits and pieces of Nutella because she loves it. Uh, yeah. It's all about that writing to, to sound like you. Yeah. yeah. In yeah. That, yeah. Your friends should read it and think that's you. That's yeah, you that's doing sure. it. And as a copywriter, I try and capture that brand essence so that even, even you know, I'm a ghostwriter essentially, but their friends still think it's them. And that's that's the essence of what a good copywriter can do. But the other thing I'd say in terms of a good blog is it should be conversational it should be you know like it should be simple the language you know people want to be sophisticated and use big fancy words to sound I don't know smart and fancy and professional but I think that just makes it unreadable and and you're trying to capture people in such a short amount of time and they're just scrolling on their phones um so it's really important to have lots of headlines because people will stop and read the headlines so it's not like an article that's just a wall of text. It needs to be broken up visually, bullet points, headlines, images, GIFs. I love putting GIFs in blogs because that's can add, you know, the humour if necessary. Um, not all blogs should be funny. Um, some can be really heartfelt stories and things like that. But um, they still need to be just visually appealing because people are by nature just visual. And we're also like if you're catching someone in transit and they're just scrolling, their their attention span is so short so simple language that they can just easily digest is far better and more sophisticated than just waffly pretension I think absolutely could not agree more and goodness this has been fantastic (laughs) thank you a a little little wealth of information there aren't you it's it's fabulous so well, I- yeah, like 
I just, yeah, I just really believe, and I think that comes across, I really believe in the power of it and I've seen it for my own business and I've seen it for my clients and I think it's really useful and it's so easy and, Mm. um, yeah, it's just not as sexy as some of the, you know, other techniques that are out there, I guess. (laughs) That's brilliant. (laughs) Can you tell us, please, then, where, where can our listeners find you and your amazing blogs? Oh, yes. Well, my website's called .com words, which is a bit of a mouthful, .com.au. But if you just Google my name, Kate Merriweather, you will find me. Um, and I do work, I do, my social platform of choice is LinkedIn. So I put a lot of contents and little videos and tips on LinkedIn. I took the summer off. I just decided to have a break. But uh, my kids are back at school and I'm just posting random thoughts on LinkedIn. So <laughs> Uh, oh, and I also have a group, a Facebook group, which is called Get Leads from Google. So you can come in there and I put lots of little challenges and things in there. So that's another place to find me too. Oh, that's awesome. Sounds, that, that sounds fantastic. All about Facebook groups are great, aren't they? Yes. So I've only just started it, so it's small, um, but I'm hoping to grow it and I'm hoping it to be like an actual helpful group, not just a, a group that, you know, dies. I don't want it to die. I need okay. to water it. <laughs> water it give it lots of love yeah yeah give it lots of love that's awesome i love that and finally before you leave us what's your uh, i guess a final thought of of the day do you have a top blogging tip or one of those random thoughts that you're popping onto linkedin that you could yeah <laughs> my random thought is if you Customer, your customers love blogs and Google loves blogs and they're two people, two people, audiences that you want to impress. So uh, I think that's the, the core reason why to do it. So customers love blogs, Google's love blogs. So just, just blog, just do your best <laughs> with blogging and you'll be rewarded, I think. Perfect. There you go. I love that. Just, just, just do it, right? Just do it, yeah. <laughs> and what's the worst that can happen? What people are finding your website and, you know. Exactly. And if it's, you know, if you put some, I don't know, like obviously if you decide to change your mind, you just delete it. Like it's. Um, That's true. Yeah. Like if, I don't know, the worst that could happen is you just put something completely oh did you see the other day there was a real estate agent and they wrote um in a regional i think bathurst or something and they had a blog that was um all about buying houses for single women and it was like oh you need the men the man to give you the logic and it was super offensive so you can get it wrong but i read that and i thought this is not written by a native english speaker was my first okay i didn't actually read it yeah okay um so what people are some people are doing is they're just using content agencies and they're getting um copywriters from other countries to write the content and the quality just isn't there and also they have maybe a more um you know in this case some more more gender stereotypes that we don't adhere to in australia like we would never say oh men are logical and women are silly and buy houses based on emotion women can't manage money all those stupid things so it had some really offensive stuff in there and it just wasn't well written either so that's where it can go wrong but if you actually just stop and read it and they the agent that the real estate agency said they hadn't even seen it and that their digital marketing agency had published it on their behalf 
So if you go down that road, just be careful because it's your name and your brand and that brand has been tarnished. So that's probably the worst thing that can happen when you said, well, what can go wrong? Well, that's something that can go wrong. But um, if you use Australian copywriters or yourself, you're not going to do anything silly like that. Absolutely. I think that that's a wonderful conclusion. right? Yeah, there. Don't be sexist or racist, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. My pleasure. For being Thanks here. for having me. I love talking about this stuff, as you may have guessed. <laughs> no, it's wonderful. Thank you so much. Brilliant, everyone. That is a wrap. And as always, all of you kick-ass women, fellow work wives, Remember, you're not alone because collaboration is power. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. If you enjoyed it, hit subscribe. If you'd like to learn more, then check out our website, www.workwifewinetime.com.au. While you're there, jump on our mailing list to receive special updates and offers from our guests. Until next time, take care and drink responsibly.